Hello, 11.30. How are you? I'm glad. Welcome to week two of Level Up, where we're talking about the things that God uses to take us to the next level. So if you missed week one, you need to go back to our app or website and get caught up so that everybody's on the same page. We talk about the stuff that God uses to take us to the next level, and today is no different. In fact, I'm going to start it with your help. I'm going to say something, and then I want you to finish it. I think you can do it. Ready? Here we go. No pain. You're so smart. You're so smart. No pain, no gain. That's right. And we accept that statement in the gym. When it comes to exercise, when it comes to sports, but not so much when it comes to real life. Relationships, I'm not crazy about that. Job, finances, your physical health and well-being, not so crazy about it then. But it's still true, no pain, no gain. Now, we love to sing about it, right? What does it can you make no And see, that's why I need to be up here doing that. I can crush it. Or, or Christians, we come, we come to church, right? And we sing these songs about, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander out into the oceans. My faith is stronger. And I love that song. It's great stuff to talk about. Until you start living it. And as soon as God does start taking you deeper, you know what we, we tend to do? What's wrong? Oh, God, what's wrong? What did I do? Where did I fail? Where did I go wrong? God, you must be angry with me. No. No pain. No gain. What if the pain is actually God's plan? Just hang with me. Hang with me. God's plan to grow you. Because nothing brings gain like pain. Like it or not, hard times, suffering, challenge, struggles, obstacles, you name it. Nothing takes you to the next level faster. Nothing will help you level up faster than going through difficulties. Pain has a refining and defining influence in our lives. That's an uncomfortable truth, isn't it? And it's true for Christians and non-Christians. It's just a humanity thing. It's just true for all of us. Have you ever thought about what might happen if we stopped right at the point of pain in life? If we called it quits and stopped right at the point of when we started hurting, there would be no gain. If we stopped at the point of pain, your sports career would be over. You'd not excel in sports. In fact, let's back up. You'd not learn how to walk. I mean, I've got a grandson you know, I've told you about. He's one now, so he's learning this walk thing. He said, well, well my grandchild walked at six months. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so he's he learned how to walk. And he's got bruises, right? He's got bruises you know, on his legs and stuff. I mean, what if when you're one and you're learning how to get this walking thing, you go, I ain't walking. I'm just going to crawl for the rest of my life because it, it just hurts. You'd never learn how to walk. You'd never learn how to ride a bike. 
If we stopped at the point of pain, and in fact, there'd be a whole lot less children being born. Ain't that right, ladies? Like push. I don't think so. Uh-uh. No way, buddy. Population goes woo down, right? You'd never learn long division <laughs> if you stopped at the point of pain. You'd never have a great marriage or any meaningful relationship for that matter. And spiritually speaking, you would miss out on the greatest moments and greatest blessings that God has prepared for you if you stopped at the point of pain. Because some of the greatest things in life are discovered just past the point of pain. Health scientists tell us that when you're working out, whether you're you know, lifting weights or just doing a, a normal push-up or a sit-up, that when you begin to hurt, what you're feeling is your muscles breaking down. And it's the muscle breaking down is actually necessary for there to be growth and the muscle to get stronger. Did you get that? It's got to be broken down to get stronger. If you don't use it and tense it up, right? Some of you are like, well, I'm happy to be weak then. I ain't doing no sit-up. I'll sit down. <laughs> sitting up. So, but are you with me? It's the breaking down, the causing of the pain that actually brings to the point of growth and development for the muscle, and the same is true in life. But what you may not know is that this no pain, no gay thing is a choice. It's a choice. Not to experience pain. That's going to happen either way, but the choice is whether or not you're going to gain from it. I mean, because you got to go through it. You might as well get something good out of it. That's the way I think. I mean, doesn't that make sense? Maybe it's just me. I mean, if I'm going to have to go through this, let's see what's on the other side of this that could be positive or good or make it worth it. It's a choice, it's a perspective, it's a decision because not everybody will make this decision. Some people will choose to quit. Some people choose to give up. Some people choose to give in or move on to a different job now or a new relationship now or something else. I just want to avoid the pain. Have you ever realized that no matter how hard you try to avoid the pain, you don't ever find a way to avoid the pain? It's coming one way, shape, form, or another the choice is whether or not you're going to gain from the pain. A lot of people don't know that Jesus had a brother. He had more than one, actually. One of Jesus' brothers' name is James. James was the leader of the first church in the first century. And you're like, well, of course, he was the brother of Jesus. I think all of Jesus' brothers should be in church work, right? You know. See, it didn't start out that way, though. James actually didn't believe that Jesus was the son of God until after Jesus resurrected, right? I mean, all these miracles, everything, he's like, nope, don't buy it. Nope, don't buy it. Nope, don't buy it. And he comes back from the dead. Okay, I buy it. That's exactly what it would take for you to believe that your brother was the son of God too, by the way. I mean, what would it take for you to think that your brother was the son of God? He would have to die and then come back from the dead and walk around. And you're like, okay, I'm in. Right. Lord, <laughs> you know, whoo. So, so now James is a follower of his brother, Jesus, and he's leading the first church in the first century. And, and get this, he writes the first letter to the first group of Christians in the first church in the first century. 
In the New Testament, I know the New Testament begins with Matthew because that's the way that the scholars and all that laid it out. But chronologically, the first letter that was written dates to James. So James, now get this, he's the brother of Jesus. He's the first guy that's writing to this first church, the first group of Christians in the first century. So you got to wonder, okay, what are you going to lead with, James? James, what are you going to start the conversation with? What are you going to begin writing about? You got to think, you know, if James is like, man, I got to make this good. I got to make this good. I, I'm, I'm up first. I mean, nobody's written anything to the Christians yet. I'm the first one. So you got to think if James is like, you know, spirit of God, help me here. What do I lead with? What do I lead with? Does he, whatever he picks has got to be big and it, it, it's got to be important, right? So does he start with the resurrection? No. Does he start with, hey, let's talk about heaven. That's pretty important. Everybody'd love that. No. Does he start with doctrinal beliefs? We believe this. We don't believe this. We believe it like this. You got to say it like this. If you don't say it like this, then you don't believe it. No, no. All those are important things. That's not how he starts. And they were living in a hostile environment in the first century. The Roman were in power and, and it was so chaotic and Christians were a minority, a very small minority. There were only a few thousand Christians on the planet at this point. And they were being persecuted. So did James begin the first letter to the first group of Christians in the first search in the first century with, here's who to vote for in the next election? No. Did he start it with, you know what, the culture, it's the hostile environment, you know, here's how to take a stand and boycott all that mess. No. Did he start with, here's how to be successful? No. Do you know what he started with? First letter, first church, first century, first group of Christians. It's big. He started with how to survive hard times. That is significant. Let's look into what he said. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Let's, let's look at that. Consider it. It's a choice. You think some people will and some people won't. So he's saying, consider it, make the choice, make the decision, choose to see it a certain way. Consider it pure joy. He didn't say it would be. He didn't say it would feel like it is. He said, see it, consider it a positive thing whenever, not if ever, not maybe ever, but whenever it's going to happen, you're going to have trials of not just one kind, not just two kinds, not just some kinds and sometimes many kinds. Why? He goes on. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Look at that. The testing of your faith, not the having of your faith, the possessing of your faith, not even the experiencing of your faith. No, it's not until the muscle is broken down. The muscle is stretched. It's not until your faith, your faith is put under tension and stressed a bit, does it grow into perseverance? Makes you stronger. Let perseverance finish its work. It's a choice. Some people will, some people won't. So let it. Make a choice and decide to let. Whatever reason that God has allowed you to go through this, decide up front and in the middle of it, you know what? I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to get some gain out of this pain. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not 
lacking anything. What does that mean? Not lacking anything that you need to live the kind of life that God has purposed for you to live. Not lacking anything that you need for you to live a kind of life that is honoring to God. Mature, complete. How does that happen? It happens through the gain that comes through pain. And that's just one of the paradoxes of many paradoxes. You would think, right, that gain comes from good because gain feels good. So gain should come from good, not gain should come from pain. That's just like counterintuitive, but that's the way it works. And I didn't make that up. You said it. I said no gain. You said no pain. I mean, no pain. You said no gain. You, you said it. I, I didn't say it. I didn't make it up. You guys know it. I said, yeah, I know, but with God, it, it should be differently. It should be different. Why can't, we, why can't we just gain from good? Why, if God can do anything and God loves me, why doesn't he change all that? Well, here's the deal. When it's your turn to be God, you can change it. And I will vote for you and your agenda and your plan. But here's the deal. God has decided to use the truth, the uncomfortable truth, no gain, no pain. And God is committed to your growth one way or the other. He's committed to my growth one way or the other even if it involves some uncomfortable, even painful experiences. It's called tough love. And tough love is rough to experience. Let me put it to you like this. This is what James, the brother of Jesus, is teaching us. This, this is so important. It's just as important for us today, even more so maybe, than it was for them then. That God wants to help you through what hurts you. God wants to help you through, not in spite of, not instead of, but through what is hurting you. I don't like that. I'm with you. I don't like that at all, but it's true. And if you're like me, sometimes you're like, okay, I don't need any more help then. Enough help. I'm helped enough. I'm ready to tap out. I'll just stay right where I am. I don't want to level up. I'll just stay right here on this level. You see, God is so committed to our growth and he loves us so much. Just think about it. If pain brings growth, and it does, and God wants us to grow, and he does, then God must allow pain to get us there. Again, one of those uncomfortable truths, and it has been said that God does some of his finest work in our lives during times of pain, struggle, and difficulty. Not his funnest work by any stretch of the imagination, but some of his finest work because God is up to something. I've been doing this pastor thing for, well, as long as Don and I have been married, really, uh, almost 24 years now. And we've been doing this together and, and we've learned so much and I feel like we've gained a good bit of wisdom and just by default of doing this this long and, and, and I'll be the first to tell you though and she would join me. We have yet so much to learn and there's so many more things we have yet to discover. And we're no way we arrived. And from time to time, people will say things like, oh, you know, where did you learn that wisdom? And where did you, you know, get, you know, this to this place in your life? And I can tell you without fail, even though we have so far to go, 
And we're still learning, just like everybody else. Any wisdom that we have gained, any maturity that we have been able to develop without fail is because of pain that we've experienced. You say, what pain? Uh, you don't got time. We're not, we don't have that much time. Is that a sad story? No, it's not a sad story. It's just a true story. It's a true story. I didn't even learn it in seminary. I didn't read it in a book. Man, I lived it. And any gain that we've experienced has come through pain. A few weeks, uh, actually a few months ago last year, we were talking about gratefulness. And, and I know she hates it when I do this, but it, I, won't, I, won't say, I won't spend long on it. I said that my wife Donna was one of the most grateful people I've ever known. And it dawned on me a few weeks ago why she's so grateful. Because she's been through so much crap. I mean, it's just like when you go through stuff. Here's what we're learning. Here's what we've learned through the years. If you want to live a deeply rich life, you have to be willing to be deeply hurt. People who live deeply rich lives. And this is what the scriptures are teaching us. Somewhere along the way. They're deeply hurt because you don't get one without the other. And I know it's a bold kind of statement, but there are just certain levels of life you'll never experience until you endure some pain. And there are certain levels with God you will never go until you've endured some hard stuff. So the choice is up to you. What you're going to do with it. So here's what I'm going to do with the rest of our time. I want to talk to you about what you have to do to allow God to help you through what hurts you. So it's a choice. It begins with this. Accept the pain. Not enjoy the pain. That would be weird. Not celebrate that you're, you know, like, yay, my life is falling apart. <laughs> like, what are you drinking, man? No. But accept it. What's your other option? Just go with me a second. What's your other option? Reject it? Okay. Then what? <laughs> it's not going to make it go away. It gets so, it's so interesting to me. And we talked about the power of uh, how we change our minds and thinking last week. And if, again, if you missed that, you got to go back to that. But sometimes, you know, as human beings, we take everything a little bit too far. And, and sometimes I'll hear Christians say, you don't have to receive the pain. You don't have to admit that it's there. I'm like, okay, well, how does that go for you? It's still there. Accept the pain. God wants you to grow, and growth comes through pain, right? We said it. I said no pain. You said no gain. You guys said it. I'm just going with what you said. Accept it. No one said it was going to be enjoyable, but you've got to know that your Heavenly Father loves you so much and would never allow anything in your life that wasn't somehow important or needed for you to go to the level He wants to take you, for you to level up. Remember I said that the New Testament began with the brother of Jesus, James, writing in the first century to the first group of Christians in that first letter, and his, he led off with the topic of pain and suffering. But by the way, that's exactly how the Old Testament begins too. 
I know when you open up the Bible and you go to the Old Testament, it begins with Genesis because that talks about creation and how everything got here. And so it's a logical place to start. But the oldest book in the Old Testament, the one that predates all the other books is the book of Job. Now we've talked about the book of Job and we've talked about Job and his story. And just to summarize for you, Job is a story of great pain, great, great anguish and how a guy survived it and learned from it and grew stronger through it. So the Old Testament begins the same way the New Testament begins talking about pain. That's not coincidental. That's not accidental. That's true to life. And do you know what Job said when his life was falling apart? I mean, every, he was losing everything. And he had a group of friends that were trying to help, and they were really not all that much help. And he had a wife that certainly wasn't really all that helpful. She said, you just go ahead and need to curse God so God will kill you and put you out of your misery. You know what his response was? Job said, should we only receive good from the hand of God and nothing bad? No. Accept the pain. You're right, you're right, Pastor, you're right, because I know God will, will, will never give me more than I can handle. That's right, that's right. I hear people say that all the time. Listen very carefully. That is wrong. And I don't go around correcting people because people say things all the time and I'll stop them and go, nope. Eh. But people say it to me all the time and I feel like saying that. I, I wish I had a nickel for every, I would have a lot of nickels, okay? And I, I get it all the time, at least weekly. I know God will never give me more than I can handle. And I just want to go, eh. That's not true. God will certainly give you more than you can handle. If you could handle it, guess what? You wouldn't need him. If I can handle it, who needs God? I got it. I got it. I'm good. I got it. I got this figured out. The truth is, God will certainly give you more than you can handle, but he will never give you more than he can handle through you. Then he can handle in you. Then he can handle with you. That's the truth. He will certainly let you come to the end of yourself because that's where the pain is. That's when you reach out and say, oh God, help me. And be real about it, okay? Please be real about it. This whole fake thing, you know, you know Christians do this because we feel like we have to keep up appearances and impress other people, especially other Christians. And if, you know, the last people we ought to be trying to impress are other people that knows, you know, what a struggle it is sometimes to live. And yet we do, and our lives can be falling apart, and you look at people and say, oh, I'm so sorry, and they go, no, I'm good, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. It's like you can't admit that you're going through something difficult. Oh, no, I'm blessed. It's all good. It's all good. It's okay to say, I'm in pain. You should say, this is rough. This is difficult. But you don't stop there, you see. That's your context, but it's not necessarily where you're going to end up. I am in pain, but I am learning what it means to trust and gain through the pain. Absolutely. Pain is pain, but there's no gain without it. So accept the pain. Be real. Secondly, see your difficulty. It's opportunity. But didn't that sound good? That sounds good. See your difficulty. It's opportunity. Right? And it's so much easier to say than it is to do. And it sounds really good when you say it. I'm just seeing my difficulty as opportunity. Makes me want to applaud. Yeah, that's good. But it's hard, isn't it? Here's what this means. This means when you are hurting 
And when you see yourself about to hurt or in, in a time where you are going through difficulty, seeing your difficulty as opportunity means you change your attitude, you change your perspective, and you begin to look at it that way and say, okay, here we go. I don't like this. I didn't ask for this. This hurts. This feels wrong. I don't, I don't know where, what God's doing or what's going on, but you know what? I trust that he's up to something. And I don't know what it is. And I, can't, I haven't figured it out yet, and it may take me a while. I mean, I don't expect to have it all down by like next Thursday, but here I am. Here we go. God, teach me. I want to grow. Because if I might have to go through it, I might as well get something out of it. I mean, if this is something that God has put in my path, then by his grace and by his power and by his strength, I want to see this as an opportunity. It's a mindset shift. One more, one more. This is huge. This may be the biggest thing of the day. Choose better over bitter. If you're going to let God help you through what hurts you, and he wants to help you through what hurts you, you have to choose better over bitter. Bitter is easier, better, bitter is quicker, but better is better than bitter. Now, now, here's the thing. I want you to hang with me just a second. This is about to get really personal. A lot of times people get so upset, especially Christians. You get so upset. We get so upset because of what has happened to you. That happened, and then that happened, and then that happened, and then that happened. It's as if we're surprised. And as if we feel like we've been treated unfairly, and that God has picked on us, or allowed life to pick on us unjustly or unfairly, and we build our defense. I've done everything right. I give, I serve, I'm a good guy, I'm a good gal. And we build our, and it's all natural to think that way. It's just human, okay? But we get so upset about what has happened to us that we miss, we miss the next level that God wants to take us to through it. And our story becomes what happened to us. And that's dangerous. When your story is what happened to you. Because when you start listing it out, this happened, then this happened, then I thought it couldn't get any worse. And then this happened. And then the other shoe dropped. You see, it's how we talk, right? And your story, you think, is what happened to you. And when your story is just what happened to you, it can seem like griping and complaining. But none of us want to be gripers and complainers. But here's what I'm learning. Your story is not what happened to you. Your story is what God did through what happened to you. You see, what happened to you is your statement, but it shouldn't be your story. Your story is what God did, what God achieved in my life, and maybe even in the lives of other people through what happened to me. You see, that's the difference. Do you see the difference? That's choosing better over bitter. If you just stick with what happened to you, you're going to get bitter. That's human. You will. It's only a matter of time. But see, that's just your statement, what happened to you. Your story is what God did and how I gained and how they gained and how I'm gaining and how God made me better through what could have made me better. And it's a choice. Now, let me tell you this. Listen very carefully. 
as a follower of Jesus Christ and as a pastor, through the years, I've chosen both. I have. I've chosen bitter. I've been mad at God, mad at people, ticked at anybody else that wanted to bring perspective to it. I mean, I've been bitter. And I've learned the hard way that better is better than bitter. You see, when you're allowing what happened to you to bring you closer to God, when you're allowing what hurt you to help you, it's pulling you closer to God and it's, that's better. You see, you're, you're moving closer to God versus allowing it to make you bitter and driving you further from God. Is it going to bring me closer to God or am I choosing to drift farther away from God with this is my excuse? It's a choice. It's up to you. So choose better over bitter. And focus on what God is doing to bring gain through the pain. Not just get so focused on the pain. This happened and I can't believe and I didn't deserve and this wasn't fair. I'm with you. I agree with you. But where are you going to live? Are you just going to make a statement? Or do you want to discover the story of how God helps you through what hurts you? And not just that, God helps others through what hurt you. So let me ask you, what is your greatest pain right now? For some of you, it's not a what, it's a who. So who is your greatest pain right now? Maybe it's a relationship. It's a person's name. Maybe it's a job, a money thing, a health thing. Maybe you're really struggling with depression, anxiety. Maybe it's worry. I don't know what it is. You do, though. What's your greatest pain? I want you to think about it. I want you to focus on it just for a moment. Shouldn't be hard. And I want you to know that that God, for some reason, has brought into your life and allowed to come into your life so you might as well accept it. You want to fight it, it ain't going away. So you got to choose. If you got to go through it, might as well get something out of it. So accept it. And that thing is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. And you can choose to get better because of it or grow bitter because of it. And the choice is up to you. And I want you to think about that greatest pain in your life and I want you to listen to these words again, written by the brother of Jesus to that very first group of Christians in the first century in the first church. This is how he began. Must be pretty important, right? Consider it. Whatever it is, your greatest pain is. Consider it. Even though it doesn't feel like it, smell like it, look like it, consider it. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, including the one you're thinking about right now, because you know that the testing of your faith, the pulling, the stretching, the stressing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature because of whatever you're thinking of right now and complete because of whatever you're thinking about right now and not lacking anything you need to live the life that God has purposed for us to live. And let God help you through what hurts you. That takes you to the next level quicker than anything else. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, we thank you for this 
uncomfortable truth. Most of the time, I don't like this. And in my heart and in my mind, I like to argue. I like to push back, but God, may I and may we accept by your grace and through your power what you have allowed to come into our lives and see it as an opportunity for us to get better. May we make the choice. God, I don't know what's going on in people's lives. I know very little about the details of what's going on with the people that are here and all across our locations and people online, wherever they're watching. I don't know. I, and I know they have very good reason to struggle and, and they have very good points. And, and I know that there, there's so much I don't understand that we don't understand. So God, may we fall back in trust to you and you alone on the fact that you love us so much that you're even willing to allow us to experience pain so that we will gain. And that love is tough, but we trust that it is good and necessary for us. May we elevate our perspective to not just the here and now, but to where you're taking us and to the next level you have for us as we trust in you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen.